Hello everybody and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we're going to be doing another one of our good old Q&A episodes. Questions have been stacking up and we're going to try and get through as many of these as we can. So I believe Don has a curated list of excellent questions for us and we'll be just going through them one by one. Yeah, we're going to start with uh, one of the more academic ones. Why do Mahometans worship the moon? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I I actually don't know what the story there is. I don't know why that, like the symbol at least, you know, like why that's part of the culture. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me. Um, What I know about it is that it is... That is like the star and crescent symbol, you know, on the Turkish flag and the Pakistani flag and other flags um, Mm -hmm. that has been used throughout history. I guess that comes from some Turkic tribe. And I'm not sure why it came to be used across the Muslim world. I I can't think of any, you know, reference that it alludes to really or anything like that. Um, The moon doesn't have any particularly special position in islam or anything i mean there's certain things i guess you could say like it's a lunar calendar but the jewish calendar is also lunar there are other lunar calendars you know so that's not unique or anything Um, one of muhammad's miracles was splitting the moon so this was one time they were out at night and uh, i think it was some of his companions and some of the uh one of the local tribes some of the people from that were there and uh i forget exactly how it goes but basically he like points his staff up at the moon and it splits or it looks like it splits it's actually specifically termed to say that it appeared as if it split so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where um scholars have even said like it may not have actually split it may just have been that it was made to appear that way. And there are certain explanations for that. And somehow he may have been in tune with that and, and understood how that was going to happen or something. But anyway, that I mean, that's the only real thing I can think of with the moon. There's nothing. Uh, yeah. There's, I, I don't, I don't really get it either. And I don't think anyone <laughs> has a, like a definitive answer about why that, that symbology has come to represent Islam. So. Yeah, I don't even know if until recently it was like a, like, I don't think it was like attributed either. Like, I don't think it was like, I don't think Christians thought that Islam, like, uh, worshipped the moon. I don't know if that was like a, like the other way around, you know, like the, like, I mean, in in the more uh, bigoted view kind of thing. I don't know if that was ever an actual view. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was I, more, yeah. I, I think there's like misunderstandings about like, Oh, Muslims worship Muhammad or they worship the Kaaba or something like that. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think that's more it. And that like, it's like, yeah. And that Muhammad was like some sort of demon or something. And that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. But I don't know if uh, it worked any other way, but uh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought maybe it was like some Hadith or something. It was like, I don't know, sort of like the, like I mean, I I don't know. I I just I just assumed it had to be something like that, or like uh, right, yeah, sort, which yeah. makes sense, right? That would make sense sure. if it had some sort of like, you know, the moon is the reflection of the of the sun, like it has the 
reflects the light of the sun. So that's like Muhammad and the, and the star is God or something. Like people yeah, yeah, have yeah. talked about that, but like that's all post hoc rationalizations, you know? Sure. So. Um, uh, I had an idea I'd like to run past you guys. The CI gay. It's the CIA, but it's run by all gay guys. They secretly kill and replace world leaders with gay guys. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sure. I, whatever. Is that, let's give it a shot. What, what's the worst that could go wrong? You know, if we're going to swap out the CIA with something else. Okay. F- fine. Yeah. Um, in uh, Canada in the fifties and sixties there, there was like this kind of craze that happened in the federal government, um, where they were convinced that gay people were perfect blackmail targets for Soviets and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they tried to like, like basically the equivalent of like McCarthyism, but for gay people kind of thing, like that was like their, they tried to like, uh, target them and stuff. And I guess they also thought maybe that like they collaborated together or something because they knew that they could be blackmailed. So like, it was like some sort of conspiracy. So they, they created this thing where it was like, uh, you get strapped to a chair and they would show you pictures of like pornography and stuff. But like, like they did this to many, many like large, like most, I don't even know if it was most, but like a good share of the federal uh, civil service and the military and the police. And they would like try to see like from the tests if they thought you were gay or not. And um, it was called the fruit machine. And that's pretty uh, good. Yeah. That's, that's funny to me. I don't know. Like that's a, that's a pretty, uh, I don't know. Man, imagine the guy that administers those tests. Like, <laughs> you're on porn duty again, Tom. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I like that because uh, it had to go pretty far for that to all, you know, like someone had to be like, oh, yeah, this is how we'll handle it. And then a lot of other people had to be like, yes, this is a good idea or something. You know, right. I mean, like it. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. I think um, we talked about this a little bit on the Mountie episode. That oh, we did right. With Mike. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. I think. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but as you can see how far we've come now that Justin Trudeau is in power. So, um, <laughs> well, that's, that's the way they can set up the CIA. They just, yeah. Use those techniques to, uh, filter out the people they want. Yeah, don't want. exactly. Yeah. They just flip the switch or whatever and make it so that it filters out the straights, whatever. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, what do you guys think of AOC and Jagmeet Singh? meeting on Twitch. Is this a sign of future operations between sock Dems to use NATO style video game brainwashing techniques on our vulnerable youth? So did you see this at all or? I, I mean, I, I heard about it. I didn't see yeah. it personally. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yagmeet Singh. Jagmeet Singh. Yeah. Jagmeet. He's the leader of our like NDP, like our left wing kind of party. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people are sort of debating back and forth about that, I guess, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is epic. It's like a politician talking like a human or whatever kind of thing. But uh, I don't like it because uh, I don't like the idea of politicians being your friend. Like, I feel like they should be uh, thought of as like used car, used car salesmen or something. Right. You know, like you don't yeah. want to like, I don't know. And to me, I don't know. It, it does feel more like a Bill Clinton playing saxophone thing on TV. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that's what it comes across to me as I know it's like, it's like, okay, well they can be nice people and you can like chat with them if you want. But like, I don't know, just to, 
I feel like once you've decided to take that on that kind of role, you kind of have to become untouchable or something. You just don't, you don't want like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just not, I, I don't know. It didn't rub me the right way, but yeah. So, yeah. Maybe a little bit like when the boss tries to be your friend kind of a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Like people always say stuff like pe- that you vote for the person that you see yourself having a beer with or something. I've heard that kind of a thing. Like that that's a common wisdom or whatever. Like when they try to market these people, they try and market them that way. So I guess this is like, instead of having a beer with them, it's, I don't know, pressing F in chat with them or something like just yeah. relatable sort of stuff. I, sure. I don't yeah. know. It's whatever. It's the game. I I don't have any strong feelings about it myself. Sure. Um, Hey, Tom, friend of mine and his wife are getting two Salafi pilled and Ketub pilled for my taste. What should I recommend them to read instead? Um, that can be difficult because if you just present them with like, you know, Al-Ghazali or something like that, um, or if you go really too far and you give them like Ibn Arabi or something like that, they've probably, if they're getting really into that kind of polemic, they've probably heard all sorts of things about how those people are deviants and kafirs and all this kind of stuff. So you have to be careful with that. It really depends how far down the rabbit hole they are. Um, I think that the best way to approach that kind of stuff though is to, um, there are some really good books that stick very close to the primary sources of the Quran and Sunnah to uh, talk about things like Sufism and things like that. Um, I'm blanking on the specific names, but I will put them in the show notes. But yeah, I I think you want to go with books that don't have any, it's not just someone's own like ideas that they've come up with from their own experiences or, you know, any sort of theological debates, because a lot of those are very dependent on context. So you really need to understand what was the discourse going on theologically that, that people were saying this and that and having these different arguments. Because if you're going in there and you're already sort of primed to see Bida and Kufur everywhere, then you're going to you're gonna see it. So um, there, there are some good books, though, that you can look at that are just like, here's from the Quran, here's from the Sunnah, and no funny business. And then it's just sort of like explaining why we have the traditions that we do and that it should sort of set them at ease about, you know, if they're, if they're coming at it open-minded and they're willing to hear things out, then they hopefully will relax a little bit on that kind of stuff. Another thing that you can point out if they're like really big Ibn Taymiyyah heads, you can point out that he was part of a Sufi Tariqa and, uh, pretty much all the big like if they're if they have any sort of allegiance to or you know preference for any kind of historical big name scholar like that chances are they're part of some sufi lodge or something so Mm -hmm. um that's always good to point out sure uh so a comment uh i thought i'd read is i've been sober for two and a half days because of you guys oh so that's good that's a nice one yeah, we get a few comments like that ever so often, and um, I don't know, they're nice. It's funny because, uh, at least speaking for myself, I'm not like a model of wild success or something like that. But uh, it's nice that it's nice that that actually 
sort of flips and makes it more relatable sometimes or something like that kind of thing where people are like, you know, they feel like uh, they see that we've had problems here or there or whatever and then kind of, I don't know. I don't know. That's nice. I wasn't expecting that, but we get it a fair bit here and there. So, yeah. 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 Shout out to all the sober listeners and stuff. You know, that's good for you guys. I, I guess we're both sober, but we don't really think of it <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. that way. But that's, I think maybe that's the way to do it. I, I don't know. You know, I guess it's different when you're like recovering from addiction and stuff, but sure. Yeah. Keep it up guys. Yeah. Um, so Don is an economics degree worth anything. Or did I have multiple mental breakdowns for no return? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the way that I kind of think about this too is that there's so many like, you know, I mean, this is a you can't win kind of thing, I guess. But like, it's like, uh, there's so many like scams and like things that can just totally crater your life around, especially the United States and stuff where it's like, you know, like people try to get you and invest in different things or like try to, you know, uh, take one job over another or whatever than just that sort of you know like it's very easy to get involved in all sorts of things that like just will wreck your financial position and stuff or whatever um i think that like a lot of the basic kind of economic stuff if if it's like you know if you learned it well and like actually i don't know like it's just if it's good for you it it's almost like like the original the original uh, meaning of it, economics and stuff was like basically the equivalent of like penny saver or like, you know, it, it means like economize, like, you know, like it's a study of efficiency. And if you think of it like that, instead of like some grand science that's supposed to explain everything, uh, it's actually, I think, very, very helpful for everyday life kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, if you start getting into it too much where it's like you're trying to use it just to debunk any type of uh, positive measure about like housing or anything like that or minimum wage or whatever, that's kind of, you're going to get into trouble pretty quickly there or whatever. But like, uh, in terms of, I, I use it all the time, uh, just thinking through different small problems or whatever and stuff like that. I don't know if you don't, uh, and as for jobs, like, I, because, uh, a lot of people that don't, uh, like have an economics degree, uh, see it as almost like a magic thing. I think a lot of the time, like, uh, managers will and stuff. Um, they see it as like some strange field that they can't really understand. And, uh, I've heard that a lot for people that are like applying for jobs and stuff where it's like, they'll see it as a bonus over like a degree, like history or something, even though there's no real, you know, they're both kind of like arts degrees kind of thing. So if you, if you can like, you know, as for jobs and stuff, I think it, I think it's uh it doesn't hurt whatever to have that too. I think, I don't know. I think that's like a, I don't know. That's, that's, that's the kind of quick take the uh, online. It's just very common to say it's just the whole thing is fake kind of thing. And uh, I don't really buy that. I think that there's a lot to it that makes sense. But yeah, it's just that it's like anything else where you just, uh, it gets into strange places pretty quickly if you start using it as an explanation for all sorts of different things and stuff. So, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah I, yeah. I feel somewhat similarly about my history degree. Like it's not directly relevant to my job exactly or uh, you know, to most things in life, but it, it's, uh, it kind of just informs my thinking about a lot of things, just kind of knowing how to approach research and having a good understanding of how the world has evolved, you know, like 
I, I studied kind of all over the place in terms of like the object of study, right? Like I studied in Europe, yeah. or I, I studied stuff that was going on in Europe, stuff in India, stuff in the Middle East, South America, all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's it's useful in different ways. I, I, I feel like um, I don't have to really read the news as much. <laughs> you know, like I kind of can tell why things are happening, what's going on yeah. by having like a little bit more of a like a long view sort of thing. Yeah, I think it can help you make decisions better. Uh, all, like any type of study, any type of education can. And uh, a lot of it is sort of this negative thing where you're not seeing all the things that might have happened otherwise kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Like even just small things like small differences in interest rates for houses or something. Like if you have some additional perception of that or something and how it affects you, uh, it can end up being many, many thousands of dollars over the course of your life that like it affects you like, and you know, it, it, it I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of do counterfactuals on that, but even just stuff like, you know, if you convince yourself that maybe you're not going to make much money trying to make random bets on the stock market or something, uh, you know, it's just, it's basically almost like immunizing yourself against gambling or something somewhat, you know, stuff like that. Like it's just, uh, you don't notice the benefit because you're just not seeing it, but it, yeah. it exists kind of thing. So I don't know. I think that's true. So, yeah, I, I think the main thing with any sort of anything like that, that you study in college in like a structured way is that it trains your thinking and uh, that's going to have all kinds of like auxiliary benefits that you, it's hard to like pinpoint exactly what those are going to be, but just being able to like, to think in a way that is uh, efficient and uh, you've, there's a lot of like roots to avoid error that they train you to take and all that kind of stuff sure that it yeah. seems like it only applies to one thing but you you'll find ways to apply it in other in other places and stuff like that yeah um so the next question is does the new covid vaccine contain jeffrey epstein's dna or bill gates microchips who knows what do you think um yeah i think it's a. Uh, I don't know i uh like, are you worried about the vaccine at all? Anything like that? You're going to, you say you're going to maybe take your time. Yeah, I'm in no rush. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't see a reason to rush into it. I'm, I'm happily quarantining and I'll just keep doing that as long as I can. Yeah. Um, let other people take it, see what happens. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to be like readily available until middle of next year anyways. So, yeah. Is it, is it going to be free for you? Do you know, do you know? Supposed I to, so. I guess. I okay, think, okay. I think that was what Biden was saying that it's going to be sure. free. Um, yeah, I, I, I find it hard. I just don't understand how this works in terms of like, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, like in real life kind of thing. Like what's the, like, is it, I mean, not like the worst in terms of, uh, individuals i'm sure there's like some horrific thing that can happen to like one in every ten thousand or something but like i mean like uh if like somehow it's like a bad thing and then like a few weeks later terrible things start happening to the people or whatever like is it like uh i just don't uh, yeah i just don't know if it's like if it's something like oh no we we all got it and then it didn't really prevent much and then we got rashes or something for a while like is that is that what's going to happen? Or is Maybe, it like a, or you could just give people COVID. Yeah. You could be injecting people with COVID, essentially. 
sure. But like it, that's get, giving them COVID is the is like the worst that could happen, I guess. Because I, I just don't know if it's like some weird, bizarre like DNA thing where like it can like screw up your DNA printer or whatever in the cell and make it all cancer or something. Is it something like that? I don't know. I'm so I just yeah. I don't know, but I'm gonna say yeah, that could sure. happen. <laughs> so, I think all all these things can and have happened okay. in the past. Okay, I don't. I just, I, yeah, it, it depends on what kind of vaccine it is. We need to have Mike on to uh, to yeah, explain all this because he yeah. knows all this stuff. You know? Yeah, that's that that is part of the benefit of just you know ninety percent of the people I know being like diehard contrarians. Is that like? Uh, you know, I'm gonna get any of the bad case scenarios. I know I'll learn them eventually. I just haven't really been. I just haven't like dug into that yet. But I don't know because people, some people are like very adamant about not taking it and stuff. And I'm like, okay, but is it? I don't know. It just it like that level of of uh, adamant seems like it should be associated with some extreme outcome or something, not just. I don't know. So I don't know. But yeah, as I said, it doesn't really matter to me either way. Even if it gave me COVID, or whatever. I'm like, I'm not critical social infrastructure. Like I'm not. You know, I, like it would be bad in my opinion, but like, you know, if it goes wrong, whatever, I don't know. That's my, that's my opinion. We'll see. Um, yeah. So we're going to go with, yes, it contains Jeffrey Epstein's DNA. I think that's true. So, well, I think it, if it, if it is effective and it works and it just comes, you know, no, no bad side effects, nothing like that. Then I got to think that it's probably Trump's DNA. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Or it, it was just Trump's blood being right. replicated or whatever, yeah. Um, the microchip thing is another thing, too, where I, I, don't, I don't see the marginal gain to, to, like, the lizard people or whatever. Like, I don't know. Is it to, like, track you when you go into the woods or whatever? I don't know. So I guess, but they kind of did all that with smartphones. Sure. So it's kind of almost, like, unnecessary to do the microchip thing at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's not much. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like you're already pretty much tracked. And uh, so we'll see. I keep thinking um, about the smart sewers that Whitney Webb has been talking about. Oh, yeah. I, I know I've brought this up a couple of times, but sure. it's like they have this technology now that will like analyze sewer systems and be able to figure out all kinds of stuff about not just your health and like diseases and things like that, but like it, it just really is like fine-tuned and it can pull all kinds of crazy data about different populations on and like who's living in different places and you know all kinds of information like that and it's a it's a palantir project so yeah i know i think it's that's just really amazing to me yeah that'd be scary if it was like uh used for some sort of extreme racist thing or something that'd be weird too if it was like they were like sifting through the things and being like where is the African-American DNA of people hiding and I don't know, stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah. That's messed up. That's a good science fiction movie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Tracking people by their poop or whatever. So, yeah. I've heard people say lately that they've been like going back and rewatching children of men and that it's very, uh, a very good watch nowadays. Sure. Um, How, how old is that movie? It's like, it's not 20 years old, is it? No, no, no. It's like, 10, 12, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah I might rewatch it. That'll be fun. It's pretty good yeah, it's, from what it's I remember. A good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. I like Clive Owen too. I don't know. Although I saw him in something recently and he looked like a few things recently. He just, he looked like he's almost dead or something. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah. Oh, damn. 
he looked really, really sick. So, um, I'm not sure what the thing was. I, he might just be like old and thin, you know, it, it might, but he looked like, he looked like they were trying to like edit him to make him look not dead or whatever. Anyways, but that yeah. wasn't part so, of the character or anything. Well, it could, it, it could have been, but it was in a few things and he just, I don't know. He just looks pretty rough, but, um, so the next is that, uh, someone asks, do a Chechen episode. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I don't know any Chechens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that more of those kind of regional, uh, national sort of episodes and stuff might be interesting. I don't know. We we don't really do like, uh, I mean, we do like maybe the Pizzagate is real kind of stuff and stuff like that, but not really like, I don't know, not like deep dives on countries as much, but like we did we did one on Libya that people said they liked, I guess. Um, oh, the Gaddafi Afghanistan. one? Yeah. yeah. We, did, we did more before about like, uh, we did one with Lebanon and stuff and yeah, uh, the one on Germany was pretty good. People. Yeah, that's true too. So I guess we do do a few of them, but like, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I guess. Uh, um, but yeah, so we should we should try to think of uh, maybe some of the different regional ones. Um, okay. So next question is: Would you guys accept work as mercenary trolls? Yeah, I would. I'm like I'm like a Ronin troll right now. I don't have any masters. Sure. Yeah, I think that. Uh, um, I don't know. I probably, I probably, I don't know if I would be good at it, but we'll see. Um, I feel like maybe the second that the trolling was for someone else, it would like, it would like lose its, lose its powers or something. It's like, uh, I don't know. It, it can only it depends be for, for me. I feel like, yeah. I, I feel like trolling is always sort of in the behalf of, on the behalf of some kind of, uh, there's always some flag to some extent sure. like it you know what i mean like you're always yeah trying to do do something and stick some kind of flag in the ground or whatever and it's it's not always necessarily like any particular like group or whatever it's sometimes just like a a sensibility or something but there's sure. always yeah. something like that so uh yeah it depends if, if i could get on board with like the uh the movement or the cause or whatever that is hiring me, then I think I would be happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So next, uh, I'm desperate for you guys to notice me, but I'm not a subscriber. How do I know if you've answered my question on a paid episode? So I decided quickly answer that one is that, uh, we try to answer the public questions on public episodes and discord questions on premium episodes. Although, uh, you know, we might one day run through a bunch of Discord ones on the public. Maybe one day we'll see. But, uh, um, anyways, so yeah, there's a there's a separate like thing in Discord for them to send questions in, so that it's only from subscribers, and then uh, that makes that ensures that we answer them because we just straight up go down the list. Whereas with yeah. the Curious Cat, there's a little bit of picking and choosing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, vulgar ones on the Curious Cat. Well, uh, more vulgar ones on the dis- uh, Curious Cat, I guess. Yeah, but, and uh, there's just a lot. There's just, we have sure. hundreds up there, so it's just like, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know. And, and there's a lot of repeat questions, and um, yeah. you know, that I know I I I feel kind of torn about that sometimes because obviously if a question is being repeated, it means that. There's a lot of people that want the answers and I don't expect people to like listen to every single episode necessarily, but I also don't want to like keep answering the same thing. It's kind of, it gets boring for me and it gets boring for the, the listeners who have heard that question answered before too. So 
it's just a balancing act. So yeah, the, if you haven't heard your questions answered, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that go into that. And then oh, sometimes it's just like, we just haven't gotten to it yet. So yeah, feel free to resubmit a question. If you submitted a question and you thought it was a good one that you wanted to hear and it's been, you know, if it's been like a couple months or something like, go ahead and res- resubmit it and we'll see it again. You know, and it, mm-hmm. if it's just something we don't want to do, we'll just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is another comment. Uh, I think a lot of Ed Buck's problems would be solved with number one, Islam, number two, cocaine, number three, a decent wife. All right. Well, couple of uh incompatibilities in that list but i basically agree with the gist of this yeah so i don't know we'll pass along maybe the suggestion and um we'll see if he picks one or or more of those so yeah um i will say he is a much more pleasant normal person when you're just kind of talking with him and there's not like it's not on twitter or in a so like in the discord, he's just as crazy as he is on Twitter and stuff. But like when we just chat with him, like in the recording room or whatever, before we actually hit record, like we just talk about very pleasant and normal kind of stuff. And then uh, the episode starts and it's like game face. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, it's actually a woman named Susan, too. So that's uh, right. Just yeah. Well, I, take okay. I, I didn't want to blow his cover or her cover. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she likes uh, avocado toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She lives in New York. She's uh, you know, writes for SNL. Um, okay, she's got an so, OnlyFans too. But you know, hush sure. hush. Um, okay, so the next question is: What are Don's thoughts on Irish politics, if any? Lots of love from your Irish fans. Um, okay, so number one, I guess I should say that like I do think that there's that tendency of uh, you know having complete opinions on every part of the world that uh, I do feel infected by, but I realize is not always healthy. Um, And uh, I guess like Ireland is slightly different because, you know, like most, a lot of people in North America, I do have, you know, like my grandmother uh, uh, was a Kennedy and stuff, you know, like uh, anyways. So what uh, really? Well, she's like, you know, her name was Kennedy. It's not like, the Kennedys, but like, uh, um, she's like Irish, I guess, uh, by heritage. Um, or maybe, maybe, oh, I, I never mind, but, um, there's more, that's more complicated, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like small nations stuff like, uh, like Ukraine and whatever. Anyways, basic take, uh, I'm sympathetic to left nationalism in general. I don't know, but I don't really see it as my fight. Like I would probably vote for like Sinn Féin or something if I was living there or like one of the trot parties or something. But at the same time, it's like, I can't like, you know, not like gung-ho about it because uh, number one, it's not like, you know, not my fight kind of thing. I'm not like, oh man, I have to, a lot of people are very, very big on the IRA and stuff now online. Like the, the really, as like a meme thing. And I don't like that that much. I don't know. You know, I've heard bad things about some of like Sinn Féin's like compromises on different things or like, you know, they're just, you know, anyways, they, they got some problems too. So I'm not going to. I wouldn't back them 100%. And then uh, the other stuff about like the church and social conservatism and stuff, uh, I, I had thought about that. Yeah, I would probably have voted yes on both like gay marriage and abortion in the last five years to, you know, liberalize them a bit because uh, I don't know. I feel like 
you need like a very broad consensus and like I stuff. you shouldn't like, I don't know if it's like a tooth and nail thing for me on those ones, I'm more of a liberal on them. So anyways, just as like a, depending on where you're from, maybe that's positive. I don't know. But, uh, um, anyways, that's my basic take. I would, I, I could see myself voting for like one of the trot parties too, like the small ones. It's like a, or like a left wing green person or something like, I, I do think there's like huge problems with the church there. Obviously I don't know. It's not like some, uh, a lot of people try to, you know, really pump that up too as like being super, super conservative or like orthodox on that stuff. I don't know. I, I, I tend to be more liberal. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All I know about their politics is that they became like a financial hub because of like tax free stuff for like corporations or something like that. Yeah. So, so I guess that's really affected their economy or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's all yeah. I know about that. Yeah. 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 They, uh, the Irish tiger kind of stuff, like all the trying to be really, uh, like a neoliberal paradise kind of thing. And then they kind of got crushed and then they did a little, little bit better because of like EO grant, EU grants and all this kind of stuff or loans, whatever. And then like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really, I, I just don't, you know, I don't expect that like the sort of broad left kind of stuff is really going to do much either way. It's not like, not like over-invested in that kind of stuff. I know people that are really, really big into that kind of stuff and I'm like, well, whatever. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. It, none of my business is how I feel about all that. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So like a, another country, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this one is directed towards you, I assume. Uh, it is, I used to play magic a lot in my youth. And because of Tom, I just got into Magic the Gathering Arena. My question is how the mutate mechanic is allowed. It seems like the most broken, insane thing in the game since some of the affinity cards from the original Mirondin sets. So that was complete gibberish to me. I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> um, that's a funny, funny take. I wonder what format he's been playing in. Um, I don't think mutate is really that overpowered. I, to be honest, I haven't played magic now for like a couple months or so. I kind of got burnt out on it a little bit. And then I, uh, I kind of like skipped a set that came out and I, I just didn't have interest in it. And I, I think it was when crusader Kings came out. So I was just like playing that instead and I just haven't gotten back on board. So I don't really know what's going on in standard and stuff right now, but, um, mm -hmm. When Mutate came out, I don't think it was really overpowered. It was it was powerful in draft. It was not good in standard. And I think the reason for that is the way Mutate works is... Uh, this is for magic heads only, so feel free to fast forward a couple minutes here. But, uh, you know, Mutate essentially makes you sacrifice a creature when you are mutating onto it. So, like, you have a creature out, you mutate onto it, so you're, you've paid the cost for the first creature. Now you're paying the cost of the second creature and you're getting one creature out of it. And yeah, it's probably a pretty good creature, but it's still just one that will die to, I mean, you know, the old, well, it dies to Doomblade kind of argument, which I know is a little bit of a stupid argument, but it, it's still, you know, it's still kind of true. You're sacrificing a card for upgrading your other card. So it it's not that more powerful much more powerful than like an aura which i think everyone understands is like pretty 
they're not great. So, uh, I mean, you get some flexibility in that you can play it out as a second creature or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't think it's overpowered and I don't think that it really, uh, I don't think there was ever like a top tier mutate deck or anything either. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe the guy just plays like with his friends or something and he's just beating up his friends with his crazy mutate deck or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, have you gotten into the chess craze? No, I've been playing uh, Slay the Spire a lot. So if anyone's into that, that's I've been playing a lot of that. And today I got a new GPU in the mail, just literally installed it right before we started recording. So just in time for Cyberpunk, I'm all set up. I got the uh, RTX 2060, which is the weakest of that card, but it's got DLSS. So I'm hoping that will help me uh, play Cyberpunk at 1440p on my new monitor so yeah very excited um, for that yeah so i'll probably play it later in the month or so and then i don't know you can i don't know it it looks okay i don't know i'm pretty i think it'll be good uh i don't know we'll see i don't know i am really looking forward to maybe a more uh one of those uh you know first person rpg kind of things whatever um i don't know i just played that outer worlds one and uh, I, I beat it the other day. I, I don't know if I told you that. I, I finished it, but like, uh, um, that was that was great because uh, you know it was just it. Was, I, I really liked that format, and uh, I after playing like Fallout Four and uh, basically like similarly like Red Dead Redemption and stuff. So I'm 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 primed for another one. I don't know. I was actually well, thinking someone. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Cyberpunk sounds like it'll fit the bill. Uh, yeah. Did you ever play Witcher or uh, Deus Ex? I didn't like Witcher because it's like third person or something. Wasn't Red Dead Redemption third person? Well, you can you can go into first person, I think. I, I, that's what I did. Oh, okay. I, I don't use third person. In it. And uh, um, I've thought of, someone suggested that I uh, buy uh, old used uh, PS3 and just play new vegas all the way through on that uh, it might be cheaper than because you can't get it on ps4 um the only way to yeah the only way to do it is like uh through that like online thing where you like play it remotely or whatever mm. um and that's and, not gonna work for you yeah no so my connection's not good enough and then uh um or like uh, i think it will play on my computer but i, I don't know i just don't want to be sitting there for hours on my computer playing that game i'd rather have the computer off and then uh you know kind of pop on and off on a on the tv when i when i want to play it kind of thing so we'll see that would be like it would probably cost like 150 bucks or something to do kind of thing but uh you know i don't know we'll see i don't know that's a it's a weird it's like a it's it's more like a bad idea but like uh it might fit the exact situation i'm in kind of thing because uh i don't really want to upgrade yet for my I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. So moving on. Uh, I've created insulting caricature articles of both of you on random Wikipedia sites in different languages. Now when people who speak those languages learn about you, they'll think poorly of you. I can delete them for a price. How many Patreon bucks is your dignity worth? I mean, bad publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. So my note for this is all publicity is good publicity. So right, right. That's, that's, that's the same. Yeah. exactly 
we knew that, yeah, I don't know. That's most of my online presence anyways is trying to uh, generate bad press that will uh, somehow uh, redound to my benefit. So, yeah, yeah, the only people that ever talk about me online are people that hate me. So <laughs> like, <Sure. laughs> I, I think as far as like having a negative reputation out there with random people, that's about all I got. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So first time, long time, I am a conf- confirmed Catholic and will be married soon. Our pastor at our church has been hinting that he wants me to donate a thousand dollars, uh, in order to have the ceremony there. If I instead donate $5 a month to be a part of the You Can't Win Discord community, can you guys hook me up with a venue? I'm trying to find some good savings. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with this. You can just pay us and then you can come to my parents' house and you can hold <laughs> okay. it in our basement. Sounds um, good. And uh, it's a big unfinished basement, so it'll be pretty cold, maybe a bit damp, and uh, but I can put up maybe like three or four balloons and put out some hand sanitizer and uh you a little know, portrait of mao on the wall sure i don't know if i'll actually you know we could i guess maybe if you pay extra but not too much extra um uh i could get my family to hang out too like pretend that we're part of your family or whatever i don't know so um yeah that might work uh you would have to live in canada already though i don't think you can get across the border really um but we'll, you know we'll make it work we'll figure it out even sometime in the next five years or so we'll do it so okay so i'm gonna ask a few questions here um i like this one how did adolf hitler get elected in namibia didn't he die so did you hear about this don yeah the guy so what position was it like prime minister or something or president or whatever or like was lower whatever i don't know oh i thought it was like president but okay maybe not let's let's see Um, local council election. Yeah. Um, he's a member of the ruling Swapo pa- uh, party, elected councillor in the Ompunjda constituency. 85% of the vote. Yeah. I don't know. This is a cute thing that happens all over the world, I guess, now, where people are named names that sound powerful and historical. And they don't really have much. It reminds me of like that uh, Perry Bible Fellowship cartoon where it shows like them watching a movie about World War II and it's got like knights jousting and UFOs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like got that sense to it. I, I kind of like it because it, I don't know. I like the idea that like history can just kind of stop hurting at some point to some people kind of thing. Like it, it, it kind of trivializes it in some ways. I like that it trivializes it. I don't know. Like I like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, uh, I like the idea that like, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, it won't make, you know, people won't care, you know, there'll be like Trump burgers or something, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like people won't, I, I, I just like that. Uh, it also sort of reflects on the things that like our priorities are not necessarily other people's priorities in other yeah. parts of the world. Yeah. That's kind of nice too. It just like, uh, shows that like, uh, I don't know. It just reminds you of like that. It's not all you know, one cultural monolith or something. So, yeah. Yeah. I think in like China, they teach Hitler is just very like, oh, he was a, just a strong leader who 
you know, uh, brought his country out from an economic depression and then he lost a war. Like there's not a lot of focus on the whole Holocaust thing or the Nazi ideology or anything like that. Uh, which is, it's, it's funny because the, the thing is there are tons of stuff that we do that about too. You yeah. know, we don't think of like Belgians or like the Spanish or whatever as being like these horrible monsters or, or the Japanese or whatever, even though we, we just fought them in world war two at the same yeah, time yeah. that we fought the Nazis, you know, it's uh it's yeah. funny. So it's, it's more the fact that we like, don't do it evenly that I like to see kind of like. Like you, you called it trivializing these things. Like, yeah. Okay. So if Jesus had any descendants, hypothetically speaking, would his patrilineal descendants be considered Sayyid or some equivalent? Um, so just to explain this for people who aren't aware, uh, in Islam, there is a concept of a Sayyid who is someone who is descended from the prophet. Um, and that it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like, really special like there's actually many many people who claim this and um you know it's it can just be a mark of like dignity or something like it doesn't it doesn't give you any kind of special privileges or anything like that (laughs) and uh, if anything it's like a downside a little bit because you can't receive zakat and you can't take there's a lot of ways that you can't like take money um which i think was I think that was implemented in the early days because they didn't want like his family to just become like to hoard wealth and stuff like that. So it was more like, yeah, supposed I, to I, yeah. have that distributed out amongst the community. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the question I think is, is in, in sort of like Orthodox Christianity would be sort of offensive. You know what I mean? I guess it is in any religion, but, but, uh, um, yeah, I think that, uh, it, that is kind of interesting how they, it works in in the different religions and stuff. But like, I guess Jesus is supposed to be like a descendant of like King David and stuff, you know, and like, uh, um, that's like a big part in it to kind of prove that he actually is the descendant of kings and stuff. So, um, uh, I don't know. I, I I think that's that's kind of interesting. I there there's a lot of like emphasis in the Bible on like symmetry and like everything that happens in one part references another part kind of thing like it's like very very uh intricate in that way and uh so i i don't know i i don't know if that's like uh i i like that i like that aspect of it but i don't know how yeah i I, it it is interesting when you see like uh like i guess the equivalent today is like royal families or something you know like that you see like the people I don't know. There's this guy that uh, one of them is uh, one of the Habsburgs guy is like a weird Twitter guy kind of thing. Oh, really? Uh, well, not like not weird Twitter, but like he's like a he's like a Catholic poster, and uh, he like posts a lot. And he like he's not he's not really he more like kind of follows a bunch of those guys kind of thing. And uh, he like had like a children's book that he wrote about like a two headed eagle, and um, uh. It's just very strange. I don't know. It's a. That's I don't. Funny. I don't like. I don't, I don't. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, not a big monarchy guy. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's very strange. It's like I, I like my weirdos though. Like you know. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let a, let um, a thousand weird flowers bloom. Yeah, there is a guy uh, that one of the like claimants of the throne in France has a Twitter account too, uh, in French and. Um, 
he like posts as if like he is the king or something or like prince <laughs> or whatever, you know. So like it's it's like he, during the like yellow vest protest, he like put out like a statement on his Twitter, which is like, uh, I understand the anger of the French people and all that kind of stuff, you know. And um, I don't know. I find that funny. That's like uh, he he talks in this sort of like royal tone as if like it's like a real issue. And, uh, um, anyways, and then, uh, he's also probably like extremely rich, right? Like it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not just some, you know, there's people that pretend to be the Pope and are just like some guy in Kansas or something, you know, but like these people are actually like at some level, there's like a 0.2% chance they could be put back on the throne someday or something. You know what I mean? Like there's, there is some like minuscule chance that like some right-wing government would come in or whatever, or like, yeah, or it's not, at it's least not like, they have like, you know, they're on the board of some mining company in, in Africa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like they got yeah, something yeah. going on. So that's very strange to me, but I don't know. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny to see that literal royalty, like literal claimants to thrones are just, you know, they're reduced to the same, just like, LARPing posting that all the rest of us are. That's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 So. Um, all right. So here's a question for you, Don. Is Donald Hughes a fan of French New Wave films or is he just a La Chinoise fan? Um, so f- for a few years, I just like, uh, I had like an 11 inch TV or something like that, like 10 inch TV. And uh, I would rent three movies a week basically like uh for four days for five dollars so there's this deal uh at school i just watched like hundreds of them and uh i during that period i did watch like a few dozen of those types of movies like all the different french ones and and that and uh almost no memory of them <laughs> i don't know like just like they just completely evaporated i think uh yeah most of them just kind of i just completely forgot them little kind of snippets of them I can kind of remember, but I don't know. I liked them at the time, but yeah, so I, uh, I should rewatch some of them. I ever so often I subscribe to that criterion channel. Um, and they've got like, you know, hundreds of those kind of great movies and stuff. And I would say I have, I'm not sure maybe like one or two of them I've gotten through like any movies on them. Like I just subscribe for a month and then I cancel it near the end of the month because I'm like, oh, I didn't even watch one, whatever. So I don't know. I need to get into that thing. But I find it like very, very, I get like kind of like hectic kind of, you know, just like anxious and stuff, trying to sit there, watch something. And uh, it's uh, very, very irritating to me. So I watch mostly kind of junk that I can kind of just have on and then, you know, do other stuff, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, that's mostly what I do. Every, I mean, I just, I basically just don't watch movies that often. And yeah. when I do, it's such a novelty that I'm just kind of, and it's usually something that I like actually really want to watch. Yeah. So it usually has my attention for that. But I guess the other yeah. week we did watch the stupid action movie. Uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, A Den of Thieves. Yeah. You heard of this? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's It's kind of fun it, like it I, it was watchable we watched it all the way through but it's pretty pretty dumb yeah i i had this like period where probably from like 1998 to 2006 or 7 or something 
where I saw like most movies that came out kind of thing. Like I just watched all of them and then uh, sort of got too anxious to watch them, I guess maybe or something. And then now I watch like a bunch, but not like, uh, I don't know. I, a lot of them I, I just, uh, I can't handle. I just, uh, I'll watch the ones that are dumb because I think that's funny, but I can't like all the ones that are like trying to be sort of like half clever, kind of like, you know, like, uh, adult oriented kind of dramas and stuff. I just are like, yeah, no, no interest in them anymore because they're all most of the time. Cause they're just like, they feel like paint by numbers in their own way or something. So, yeah. Um, okay. How about this? Have any of you read Tolstoy? And if so, what do you think about his writings? There seems to be movements towards primitive Christianity in a variety of countries, including here in the U.S. with Puritanism and Revivalism, in Europe with the Protestant, Anabaptist, and Hussite groups, in Russia with Tolstoy. What does Don think of these groups? Um, so I know some people that uh, are involved in that kind of stuff, I think, but like, uh, um, I, I don't know. I uh, I like the idea of like, sort of some of that kind of stuff, like sort of the house Christian kind of radical stuff or whatever, or like where people try to uh, sort of strip things down to, you know, interpersonal relationships, basically, like try to be the best Christians that they can be to each other and stuff. I think that you it takes a certain type of like moral pioneer or something to actually get that level of uh, work done kind of thing, like, like actually relate to people really well and uh, most people can only really handle that at all to any extent just within their families. They can't really do that within networks of dozens of people or something, you know. So I'm not sure how much I uh, I would find it very, very difficult to manage kind of thing, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the very, very trying to be like rigorously good or something, you know, but not like negatively, like not necessarily like a, you know, in a warm way or whatever, not like a negative way or something, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I've only read a few things by Tolstoy. I think I read like, uh, the death of Ivan Illich or whatever. Um, and, uh, I've not read like uh war and peace or whatever. Um, have you read, um, the kingdom of God is within you? I think that's the, his no. big, uh, religious, essay or something yeah i should read that soon someone a few people keep bugging me about it they say that i should i would really like it i, I mean i because i'm already like pretty pacifist and all that kind of stuff like pretty you know at least in theory on that kind of stuff like uh i i agree with that kind of thing in general but yeah i don't know i feel like uh it's it's interesting because i think i think you kind of have to think in like two different ways you have to kind of think of okay how can i challenge myself to be better, but then it's also like, can you expect that of everyone too? I don't know. It's hard, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't read any Tolstoy. Okay. I, um, I don't know. I, I always got the impression there was like, either you're a Tolstoy guy or you're a Dostoyevsky guy. And I'm definitely a Dostoyevsky guy. Okay. I've read quite a few of his books and enjoyed yeah. pretty much all of them. I read some of his short stories a long time ago, but I haven't read any of his books so yeah he wrote a book that the english translation is the idiot and i think it's also got a few other titles yeah something along yeah. those lines but it's a very obvious allegory for 
Christ, like if Jesus came back today and how people would respond to him, like the main character is basically like this beleaguered Christ figure. It's pretty fun. His books are really fun. That's that's one thing that I really like. All the like the big uh, snobby books that I like are are fun. Like they do all these kind of crazy things that are really interesting and they kind of have interesting ways of making you think and stuff. But uh, they're, they're always like funny and just like entertaining. Yeah, I didn't even know that was the plot of uh, The Idiot. So I'll have to check that out. But yeah. Um. All right. Did you guys know Mike Tyson got seriously into the works of Mao Zedong? He got a tattoo of his face and Che Guevara on his body. I I did hear about this. I think he read some Mao stuff in prison or something. Yeah. Um. He's an interesting guy. He's got his own podcast. I think it's called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Oh really. Yeah. Did he con- did he convert to Islam or something in prison? Yeah, he, yeah, he's yep. I, I've uh, seen pictures of him praying, and he's it's not nothing goofy. You know, sometimes you're not sure like if they're doing some nation of Islam thing, and it's like hotep caps and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, but no, yeah, it, yeah. it looks like legit Islam to me. Um, yeah, I don't know, I. Uh, uh, there's actually a few books that like academic books about this that came out in the last few years that I want to read more about, about like, uh, the crossover between Chinese culture and black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, especially with like in the seventies and eighties, like with the craze around, uh, martial arts in the yeah. black community and stuff. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of, I don't know. I find that interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and stuff like, uh, Maoism becoming really popular in stuff like the Black Panthers and all that. And I don't know. I can kind of get it. I get why. I mean, I, you know, I find that I get that kind of impulse of why it would be, you know, cool. It's like a whole huge country with an ancient culture basically, you know, trying to decolonize in one way uh, at a time when the it was still pretty mainstream to think that was just a crazy, stupid thing to do or something. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that both Chinese and Japanese culture and politics and stuff got some attention from the black community yeah. at the same time, at that same time, right? Like yeah. they were they were both kind of seen, it, you know, like a lot of that is just like what they are looking for in the world. So it's they're kind of like imagining something that they could do, I, I imagine. Sure. So, yeah, um, but it's interesting. Like fascist China and Maoist, or sorry, fascist Japan and Maoist China were represented this oh, something similar to them, you know. Even yeah, though, like I mean, in reality, they're like <laughs> direct enemies. Like even even uh, Malcolm X had made some comments about that about uh, Japan and stuff early on, I guess. And um, I think yeah, and um, when he was younger, and then uh, yeah, and then obviously in his speeches and stuff, saying stuff like using the example of uh, Vietnamese people or Koreans and stuff as being, you know, willing to fight with uh, just a rifle and sandals, basically. So, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I find that kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, although it is kind of funny that now that uh, I feel like I've gone through the ringer on that kind of stuff, like in terms of all the memes and all that and all the art and stuff that you see on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. It feels like uh, you start to understand 
how a lot of people at the time probably thought it was cringe too kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not necessarily that, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I would yeah, find it people hard in to... the sixties were saying cringe AF when they saw the black yeah, yeah. Panthers. Sure. Version. Yeah. That's what I think. So, yeah. Um, last two here. Uh, this one says, is Tom happy that president Trump has brought peace to the middle East through his negotiations between Israel and Saudi Arabia? Um, Whenever I kind of was getting on the Trump train a little bit, just I, you know, it's just kind of fun. You get memed into like, yeah, Trump, he's beating all these, you know, all these like stiff suits, kind of, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all you got to say is one word, Kushner, and that brings me right back to reality. I always thought Kushner was like the worst part of Trump's administration. Yeah. So, uh, For sure. to answer the question, yes, absolutely, love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll we'll wrap up with this one here. This is a, a message from the Abyss. It says, Dark Donald here with my good friend Hindu Thomas. We are still out here lurking in negaspace or whatever, and we're coming for you. So, uh, yeah, we got to watch our backs. And uh, I guess we will be needing to invest in some sort of combat armor or something like that to fight these evil jinn or whatever these are train so, uh, and train in very high gravity or whatever i think it's a dragon ball z reference so right yeah so sure. uh we will need lots of patreon bucks folks so if you enjoyed <laughs> this episode and you'd like a second episode every week you can subscribe to our patreon and support us in our fight against the negaspace demons um you'll also get access to our discord where you can talk to us in our community And if you'd like to submit questions anonymously, you can do that by going to the podcast Twitter account and going to the Curious Cat, which is pinned to the account. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See you guys.